Hi everyone, this is Emily McDade. I'm your host today, and you may recognize my voice from our previous Near Forum podcasts. I'm really excited to be hosting a panel today on a hot topic in technology, DevOps. I'm a technology communicator with nearly 20 years experience writing about every type of tech you can think of. Recently, I've been doing a lot of communications work in the enterprise software arena, hosting conferences and podcasts in the space. And at the moment, one of the most hyped concepts in enterprise software is DevOps. We're going to, to discuss today whether DevOps can be achieved by implementing a set of tools or by implementing a whole new culture in an organization. So our key question is, is DevOps a culture and an ethos, or is it a magic set of tools? And I'm pleased to introduce two esteemed panelists who bring vast experience in DevOps. Alex Knoll has been a full-stack developer for more than 10 years. He's one of Nearform's top three experts in DevOps, and he's one of the daredevils who put Kubernetes One into production. He's actively involved in the open source community today around Kubernetes. Alex, welcome. And can you tell us a little more about your background? Yeah. Hello. Thank you, uh, Emily. So I started in uh, in IT. My Actually, my first IT job was in uh, 90, well, in the 90s. Let's not get into how early. Um, <laughs> and I've done, like you said, uh, uh, full stack development, uh, but uh, also uh, operations. Uh, I was called out of bed, uh, you know, in the middle of the night on the weekends. Um, and I've uh, worked with various development environments. I did a lot of PHP programming, obviously JavaScript, uh, even a bit of Erlang, uh, some C, C++. And then kind of a couple of years ago, so I would say 2015, 16, uh, I worked for a company where I was building a software team to kind of build out a new uh, iteration of, uh, of the product. And I kind of realized that we didn't really have a good, let's say, a bridge between developing the software and actually running it in production. So there was always kind of a, a gap uh, between those two worlds. And, you know, since the, we weren't able to find uh, any good solutions or even consulting partners to help us with that, I kind of jumped into that hole. And, um, you know, I think we call that um, uh, DevOps these days. So uh, kind of bridging the gap between development and operations and uh, yeah, that's kind of uh, what I keep myself busy with uh, these days. Great. Thank you so much for introducing yourself. Our second panelist today is David Gonzalez. David brings a strong breadth of experience in software development in financial services, and he's been a DevOps engineer for three years. David, can you introduce yourself and your background a bit? Yes, thanks, Emily. So, yeah, as you said, I was working in financial services, uh, mostly highly regulated industries for like about... 10 years, something like that. And then I remember one day at 4 a.m. in the morning doing a manual deployment and I, I told myself there has to be something better than this, you know, just follow a set of instructions and deploy the new version to production. So I started looking into DevOps tools, which we all know that DevOps is not just tools, but um, it's kind of the first step. And then I got dragged into it. Then in Nearform, I just became a, a DevOps engineer and I'm working together with Alex for the last two and a half years, yeah. something like that. And yeah, um, mainly around Kubernetes, uh, transformational, digital transformation, and similar around with our customers. Thanks. Thanks, David. And thank you so much, Alex, as well. So I'm going to kick off with some questions here. The first question is that DevOps is the word on everybody's lips right now, but I'm wondering where we are in the hype cycle. So if you look at Gartner's famous hype cycle, it starts with a tech trigger, 
And then as visibility grows, you near the peak of inflated expectations. And then after that, you tumble rapidly into the trough of disillusionment. There's some more positive phases after that, after the dust settles, uh, the slope of enlightenment, and finally the plateau of productivity. So that's Gartner's curve. I wonder if the two of you can tell us where you think DevOps is on this curve. Alex, do you want to take that one? Yeah, I'm, I must say I'm not too familiar with curve, but I kind of get the gist of, uh, of what you're talking about here. And I would say it kind of depends on the industry where you are. So there's lots of uh, startups and smaller companies that have been claiming they're doing DevOps, uh, possibly uh, some are quite successful because they're in a kind of a greenfield situation where, you know, there wasn't any leg legacy baggage to carry around and, uh, and old habits to be broken. But more often than not, in the in the work that I do, I see that I would say you know we're at still the beginning of that hype cycle. So uh, it's really something that uh, typically comes down from the top, where uh, executives or or even the board comes up with this concept of hey, DevOps is going to make us more agile and more speed up our development and you know, keep up with the competition or get ahead of them. Um, so we need that. Let's, you know, uh, set out to hire a bunch of those people and, uh, and you know, we'll just sprinkle that on the existing stuff and, and everything will just be better. Uh, you know, it's kind of the, is, is the beginning of the hype, right? Uh, and it's it, up to us in most of, the, uh, most of the engagements to help them kind of step out of that illusion and really start getting to work on, uh, on, on making the cultural changes and the, the actual, you know, uh, mindset that you need for, uh, for getting actual benefits from, the, from, from DevOps. My, uh, my point of view, I don't know, David, do you have, uh, uh, you share that or? Yeah, somehow I do. Uh, I think, yes, DevOps is hyped at the moment. I think many companies claim to be doing DevOps, but they are not. And they will hit the wall saying, oh my God, we have spent a lot of money leveraging these tools, but we don't get a lot in return. And they will either uh, review their strategy or come out to Twitter, Medium or similar saying, oh, DevOps is just a new Ruby on Rails or DevOps is the new, um, I don't know, something like that. But I think... It's here to stay. I don't think it's going to go away anytime soon. If any, it's going to evolve. Because if you see, for example, the jobs market, like there used to be a strong demand for backend engineers. And now that demand is shifting towards DevOps engineers. So I think we are in the beginning of a revolution, in mm. my opinion. Yeah. Okay. So it seems you both agree that the hype is kind of only just starting and that it's here to stay. But we've heard recently from some large global consulting firms that DevOps is vastly misunderstood. And when it's misunderstood, it's also then undervalued because people just seem to not be getting it. Mm -hmm. Do you do you agree with that? What are your views on that? Yeah, I, I think indeed DevOps is greatly misunderstood and underestimated. So uh, I think you mentioned, Alex, that people on the top of a company will say, oh, let's do DevOps. And um, it's, it's not that way. So DevOps has to happen transversally across management, engineering, and even uh, customer service. So um, you, you cannot really just start doing DevOps overnight without changing your company. So this, I remember, for example, in financial services, there is something which is change advisory board, which is kind of the the release gate into production. That is, that is one indicator of that the culture in a company is not the right one for doing DevOps. Uh, you need to transform the way that you um, review your software and you, you follow up your processes in order to release uh, new versions. 
to be successful in DevOps. And it's, it's not that, you know, it's going to be breaking the ISO standards um, in highly regulated industries. It's that you just need to get knowledge that it doesn't exist in the market at the moment. So you need to be able to to shift your paradigm towards a more kind of um, holistic approach to, mm. to reduce. Yeah, no, I, I, I fully agree. Uh, I, I wrote an article a while back on LinkedIn titled uh, DevOps is not Jenkins. Um, and that kind of kind of illustrates how how i how i see that world and and that i see that it's greatly misunderstood pretty much everywhere uh, even the simple fact that we call people devops engineers it's like you know uh saying that you're i don't know a, a, an engineer of culture or an engineer of mindset and that just seems wrong to me because uh, you know uh, all the technical issues and the technical challenges that we uh, think we want to solve you know they all have their technical solutions and uh, there's there's plenty of stuff out there to help you mitigate all those problems and move faster but that is not what the essence of devops is right you 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 really need to like david said um you know uh, change the culture have a sense of shared responsibility um you know break down the silos and uh, th- there's lots of other uh elements of that but uh, uh, if you talk about the, the the misunderstanding of of devops it is mostly because people think that just uh, hiring a bunch of people with the title devops engineer or similar uh, is going to solve all your problems uh, and then they end up sitting in this in this new silo that is now called devops which is you know just adding to the problem instead of solving it so there's no question that demand is peaking for DevOps. There's been an enormous statistic out of the recruitment firm Reed that says the demand for DevOps specialists has soared by 986% in the last five years, which is just massive. Um, but as you say, just hiring a bunch of people with the title DevOps isn't, isn't the goal. So could you kind of go a little more into what it means to overhaul the organization's culture what sort of cultural shifts are needed in order to properly implement these tools and this new methodology? Yeah. Alex, could you take that first? Yeah. Um, uh, to kind of go into that statistics first, uh, so if you look at the profiles uh, that are called DevOps or are kind of uh, under that blanket statement, many of those I would characterize as SRE, so the site reliability engineer uh, or even operations uh, because in many of those profiles, you don't see a lot of uh, talk about development and uh, you know how operations and, and uh, integrates with development and that you need to even have that kind of background, which to me is very, uh, very weird. So there needs to be a whole culture, cultural shift. Could you kind of give us some specifics about what that means for companies? Yeah. So I, I, I talked about shared responsibility, right? So there is still a lot of software development going on where kind of like a, a separate part of the the translation of ideas and and, and vision into a, like a system that that work you know coming from a from a from a from a design and then translating that into software and code and then uh, that is being made to work in a way that suits the developers. But the, the kind of the transformation that needs to happen is that uh, uh, already at the beginning, uh, possibly even uh, in the design phase, you start thinking about how this thing is going to be used, uh, kind of uh, turn the, the process upside down and you know, use things like design thinking uh, to uh, 
visualize how how the how the, the the customer or the user of that system is going to be using it, and then incorporate uh, you know things like infrastructure deployment, how that kind of trickles down into requirements, so that when you're developing the software, uh, you're not making the mistake that you're uh, making it. Uh, difficult to run it in the way that uh, is required by uh, how the use of that software is is finally going to take place. So it's sort of knowing the full picture yeah. and where uh, you're going before you one start. One of the things that we talk about when it's uh, when we talk about security is shifting left, uh, and this is kind of the similar uh, type of shift that you need to do, where uh, you you're you're taking uh, how software is delivered in the, in the entire life cycle uh, from the end of after development is done and incorporating that early in, in the process so that you're uh, you know, catching, uh, catching problems earlier on in that cycle. Okay, thanks. David, do you want to go into that cultural shift? Yeah, so I have uh, something what they call the test of DevOps. So you just get uh, a smart fraction of the company like usually big companies are divided on small teams. Take one team, the application they are building, get them to maintain the application. And if they complain, the culture in the company is wrong. The reason for that is because uh, they will complain because they cannot maintain it in production because they don't have the skills. So they need the skills. They can complain because they don't have the right level of access to maintain the application in production. That's another indicator that DevOps is not working in your company. Um, they might complain because uh, they don't like doing that. So that means that your culture needs to change. In general, you should be able, if you are involved in an application, to maintain it, to design it, and to build it. So it's 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 a phrase that goes on in the in the world: is you build it, you run it. If you are not able to do that, you are having a problem. Uh, then another indicator is you can ask the same question to the CEO of the company and to the developers, which is, does your developers have all the tools and all the level of access that they require to build and run the application and work efficiently? The answer is usually different. The people on the top does not have the information about what's going on on the engineering side of the company. So if the answer is different, that's another indicator that you need to, to make sure that the communication flows in your company. Otherwise, there's not going to be a place for success in DevOps. And that, that kind of leads to the idea that there needs to be collaboration between operations and development side of the business in DevOps. More than collaboration, I'd say there should not be sides of the business. They should be all working together, operations and development working on the same team, uh, on a small functional units that are able to deliver everything yeah. end to end. Yeah, and, uh, and, and uh, there the teams that now are being labeled DevOps uh, should probably be relabeled to platform engineering. Uh, to provide self-service tools and, and, and a platform for those teams to build and run their software themselves. So you get that integrated uh, team responsibility where you know, everybody swarms over a problem, whether it's uh, you know, at design time, at development time, or at runtime. Uh, but it's a shared responsibility and, uh, and, and there's no, no possibility or the culture that, uh, kind of uh, helps you to, to not blame anybody else, but kind of take it into yourself and, and, and help solve those problems. I'm wondering if, if the two of you could point to any specific times when you've seen the cultural change not work so well. I mean, you've kind of, you've kind of hit on that so far in your responses. I'm just wondering like what sort of problems and challenges that you've seen real organizations face. 
I mean, many times, uh, you know, um, uh, just hiring people, calling them DevOps, and uh, and then kind of hoping things will just go better. Uh, it's something that we see pretty much everywhere. Um, companies that grow by acquiring other businesses and um, you know seeing uh, that the the differences in culture and maybe the level of adoption of DevOps is different, uh, and that kind of difficult for those uh, teams to integrate you know since we are kind of at the beginning of that cycle that you mentioned uh, earlier uh, you see all kinds of trouble uh, in in just basic understanding of why and how devops could help you as an organization okay thanks alex so our next question is about the special role of automation in devops Alex, I wonder if you could take this first um, and talk a little bit about the trend towards automation and whether or not that would sometimes clash with the cultural changes that you've prescribed. Yeah. So when you talk about automation in the sense of, uh, you know, it's a continuous integration, continuous deployment or, or, or delivery, if, if you're not ready for a continuous deployment, um, I would say that is a, an essential part of uh, DevOps. It often confused with DevOps itself um, by many companies that you know we do CI/CD, so you know we're, we're practicing DevOps. Um, but you uh, you do need uh, that to be able to provide teams with uh, that self-service capability. So as an example. Uh, to enable a team to uh, decide what kind of or, or, or what version of the application they're going to deploy to uh, what kind of uh, of environment, uh, they need to have the power to actually be able to do that. And um, if there wouldn't be any automation, uh, teams would need to have knowledge of you know all of those things that re- that are required to deploy into uh, different environments. You know how you provision infrastructure and uh, how you get uh, software packaged and distributed across all those uh, platforms. Um, so automation is there to kind of provide those self-service uh, capabilities to the teams. And uh, and the teams are uh, and and uh, the teams are then able to use that and uh, and kind of the, the the pivotal criterion there is to make uh, is to work together. So you you have platform engineering working together with the teams to make sure that the requirements uh, are met to provide that self service uh, capability to the teams. Yeah, on on my opinion, I think automation is just a tool or a new. Um, a new artifact or a new weapon, if you call it so. So I compare it with the automation of the black powder, like the, you know, the gunpowder. Like at some point the war changed because someone had something that exploded and it could hit the enemy from very far away. So this is the same, but you need to change the way you fight in order to be successful using um, this new tool, which is automation, which could be the, the gunpowder of the, of the back in the days. So if you have this powerful tool, but you don't, don't use it the way it should be used by shifting your culture, it's completely useless. So it's not giving you any help. Okay. Moving on to talk a little bit about security. We, you already touched on security a little bit, Alex, in one of your responses. And I think that in today's world, no organization can afford to ignore security. Um, one of the DevOps-related security breaches it happened in 2017 was with Equifax, and that affected 148 million Americans. It's actually quite hard to wrap your head around how one data breach could affect that many people. 
David, do you want to kick off by talking about how a company can ensure they're implementing robust security measures in their DevOps? Yeah, so that's what we call DevSecOps. In, well, not in Yarfor, but every, it's kind of an accepted term. So I will give you a more, a bit more information about the Equifax uh, data breach. So what happened there was they were using a library called Struts in Java, but it was an old version. So that old version was affected by a vulnerability, which will allow an attacker to execute remote code. So how could they solve that problem by upgrading to a new version? Why didn't they, did they not do it? Well, I can guess, coming from working in similar companies, that someone decided that was either too, too risky to update or it was not the right time to update, and uh, they didn't so. So that's how you end up leaking a lot of data into the general public. So one of the, of the main activities on DevOps is ensuring the patching of the servers and ensuring that everything is running at the, at the quality level that the, the company requires. So in that case, um, the automation would have helped them to, to achieve that level, but the culture probably could not have let them uh, do the change. So that's why they ended up, well, I'm not sure if that's exactly what happened, but that's what they have seen a few times, that uh, some decisions are being made without having all the information in place. Yeah, so. uh, um, uh, to me, there's always like uh, two parts to uh, to security. And uh, uh, one, you know, you touched on uh, as in, uh, you know, they were they might have been afraid to uh, to deploy uh, this new version or uh, this new uh, uh, part of that application. Um, and, and that is just a plain due to the fact that, uh, you know, they ha- they're not uh, having the culture of, um, you know, continuous improvement and, and are afraid of failure. Whereas, um, you know, in a proper DevOps setting or DevSecOps setting, uh, you kind of embrace failure because this is when you learn something. And when things are, you know, smooth sailing, you, you're not really learning anything. Uh, I think that's actually coming from lean, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, and the second part is um, uh, automating your security. So you're kind of shifting it uh, into the automation pipelines so that, uh, you know, uh, this uh, uh, vulnerable version of this library that they were using uh, should be detected early on before uh, these things actually hit uh, production. Uh, but uh, not only uh, prevention, so doing it in your deployment pipeline, but also in your runtime environment, you should you know continuously scan your environment because uh, a library or a piece of code that is um, deemed safe today could be vulnerable tomorrow. So even if nothing changed in your environment, um, the, the the vulnerability uh, uh, rating of of what you have deployed could change because now new things have been found. Um, so you know it's it's uh, it's a combination of things, uh, and it's difficult to get right. I uh, I admit that because there's a lot of uh, uh, a lot of different uh, components involved. Uh, the thing that I found um, when we go into companies to help them with their um, uh, kind of DevOps culture and and their mindset uh, is that it's uh, uh, many times the uh, the first time that. Uh, people uh, from the infosec department are involved this early into the process, uh, which is uh, kind of a, a positive surprise that uh, that happens, as well as you know talking with QA people uh, in the same kind of setting, um, uh, and and all of it kind of boils down into um, you know getting uh, everything you need involved early on in the process to. 
uh, ensure that that you're uh, you know kind of preventing uh, mistakes before they uh, they happen. Yeah, exactly. I, I would like to add more. I would like to add that something like updating a library, it's not a business decision, but probably the decision of not updating the library was taken by people on the business side without the, uh, without the required knowledge of, without the required technical knowledge. So that, that's yet another, um, another indicator that uh, the information in the company or in a company is not flowing well. And it's not, not talking just about Equifax, I'm talking about uh, the same pattern that I, I could yeah, have seen. Yeah, and actually, it's interesting already. that you mentioned that, David, because uh, I've seen uh, at several companies try to introduce this, uh, you know, move fast and, and fail early and, uh, and and learn from your mistakes. And then uh, management comes in and says, yeah, but look, we have, uh, you know, we, we didn't have all these failures because we deployed once a month or once every six months. Uh, and yes, it cost us, you know, two weeks to then patch whatever we deployed because we didn't really know what was going to happen after the deployment, but it was only once every six months. And now we have, you know, in this early stage of this new type of working, we have all these failures and, you know, uh, uh, that feels like a setback. Um, and if and if you don't manage that process well uh, and prepare management for uh, that initial, uh, let's say, dip in uh, confidence, um, you know, you could run into a situation where, you know, the whole process is reversed and everybody's like, no, 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 this is not going to work. This is not going to benefit us. Let's go back to six months or, you know, uh, the way we did it before. Yep, I completely agree. I'm going to give you some information. There has been two deployments on my team since we started this conversation and I have not involved in any of them. So that's the level of uh, automation that you can acquire with the right culture. It seems for sure that what the two of you are saying is if the culture is is embraced um, and DevOps is done properly, then then there's a huge security benefit because the danger of having silos and having departments not speaking to each other is that things can fall through the cracks. And the last thing that a company would want to fall through the cracks is a security measure. So what I'm kind of picking up from the two of you is that security is a, is a real benefit of a proper DevOps implementation. And I wonder if we could now talk about what other sort of benefits organizations will enjoy when they do things right in DevOps. Yeah, for me, uh, the thing that uh, keeps coming back is, is confidence. Um, so... You know, there's this mantra, never deploy on Friday. Uh, and I kind of uh, like to, you know, be the uh, devil's advocate and say, I want to get to the point where, you know, at Friday, right before you close the door, you have, you know, automatic deployments that you're not even aware of. Um, and you just go, you know, celebrate your your weekend and, and not care about what goes on because you are confident that it is taken care of. The thing that you are deploying is no longer an uncertainty or a, a mystery or a, a disaster waiting to happen. Uh, you know, you're, you are confident that that what is going into production is going to work. Yeah, also, I think there is a huge benefit, which everybody is talking nowadays, is retaining the talent. So the biggest source of frustration is people trying to do a work or a job, which they don't have the tool for. So if you are giving a developer a laptop, which is completely limited, which they don't have enough tools to do their job, they will get frustrated and they will uh, basically leave your company. So with DevOps, you are enabling them to work as efficiently as possible. And that's, it's, a, it's a source of joy for developers. Yeah, and yeah I, I agree. The, the, 
providing them the right tools and the right platform uh, uh, so that they can actually focus on, you know, building interesting software and not having to worry about all these boilerplate things and, you know, trying to connect all these uh, uh, third-party services. No, you, you know, you have a, uh, a system, you have a, an environment that just allows you to concentrate on the interesting stuff and all the boring stuff is taken care of for you. Yeah, I remember I started working as a com in a company as a contractor and I had to wait six weeks for my user to be enabled due to security reasons. And I was wondering to myself, so what would happen if today they, they find a bug in production? Will they have to wait six weeks <laughs> to fix it? So this sort of mindset is the one that... Uh, it's an indicator of yeah. something. Is not yeah, really well you know, that. there's like the standard benefits that you uh, that you always kind of see, like you know, the velocity uh, increases, so you can, you know, uh, you have a better uh, competitive advantage, or you're better able to keep your uh, competitors behind you. Um, which you know, for not for all companies, is the driving factor behind DevOps uh, or adopting DevOps, uh, because you know uh, something like uh, finding and retaining talent is an increasing problem in uh, in today's world. So, building uh, an environment where uh, your people are happy uh, to work and to stay uh, is is probably at least as important. Are there any other? benefits of DevOps or pitfalls that organizations should avoid that we haven't covered yet today? Anything that you feel we've not touched on that's really important for the listeners? Yeah, I think I think there is one one aspect of, of the business that every company is looking for, money. So on the long run, DevOps results to be a lot cheaper than traditional software development. At least is what I've seen. Do you agree with that, yeah, Alex? Uh, you know, obviously, if you're uh, if you remove friction from any kind of process, that typically translates into you know uh, bigger benefits, and uh, and and that ultimately will translate into revenue or growth or or something like that. I don't know. I think I think we've covered pretty much all of the benefits and uh, and most of the pitfalls uh, that I can kind of think of right now. So uh, yeah. Okay. Well, I think we'll we'll leave it there. We try to keep these podcasts under under a half an hour. Sometimes it can be really hard to get out to a technology conference in person. So I think podcasts are a really great way where you can listen to these topics from anywhere um, in the middle of your workday or when you're at the gym. Um, so I really appreciate the two of you joining today. And if our listeners um, want to hear more about this topic or more about DevOps in general, please give us that feedback and we'll make sure that we deliver some more panel discussions on DevOps. But in the meantime, thank you so much, Alex and David. Thank you, Emily. It was, uh, it was great being here. Thank you. Yeah, thank it, was, you. it was fun. And thank you, Nearform, for producing this podcast. So we'll, we'll speak to you next time. Thanks, guys.